0: Hey Duke, this was a request from last week, wasn't it? And Northside Lou dropped in to remind ah. me. So thanks, uh, thanks Lou. That one's for him. It is playlist Friday, positive Friday. Welcome back, Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Really excited to have our. Next guest in studio with us. You heard a little bit about him with uh, Eddie Steele, but time to elevate your game. Brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Unlock the potential of your residence with a home elevator or lift. Learn more at TrustRam.com as we welcome back in Justin Lawrence to the uh, Sports 1440 studios. Good morning, Justin. Once again, you had a little couple, three, four minutes with Eddie, eh? Uh, So you and Eddie, I mean... Great Cup champions, three for you, one for Eddie. But always nice to talk to a guy that's gone through the trenches, gone through the wars, and you could just see the chemistry. You guys could have talked for half an hour there yep. and not even really asked a question back and forth, kind of thing. Yeah. So that's just kind of how it is with the two.
1: Yeah, it, it's special one. Uh, when when Eddie reached out to me to get me on the show here, um, it was really cool for me because um, growing up as a kid from Edmonton, I went to back in the day yeah. most games all the time and. Um, I always remember watching Eddie. I was one of those kids that you know remembered every player on the team. So, um, you know, for Eddie to be reaching out to me was a big yeah. deal for me. Uh, as like you said, a little
0: kid growing up, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, really cool. So, uh, we were just talking in the break. The last story I did with you, I was at Global, and I think you were just kind of at the tail end of your U of A career because you were just kind of going into the draft. That's what I'm trying to think now. It wasn't at the start of it. It was at the tail end because you were getting ready for the draft and things like that. So, well, um, not like, what, seven years ago or so. Yeah, so Time flies. It does fly. Time flies. But even before that, we obviously watched and, and covered you when you were playing high school ball in Spruce Grove. Let's go back to all the way there and your minor football days and then high school days and how it kind of prepared you to get to that next step. Which was the U of A? What was it back? What was it like back in the day there?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I was one of those kids that was super fortunate when I was going through my minor football days. Um, the parents that I had around me, which were my close friends back then. All the parents basically followed us up and they coached us the whole time. So, you know, I, I had some excellent coaching basically from my my first year of football was my last year of Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had amazing coaching. I had amazing parents around me that whole time throughout it. So I felt like when I got to high school, um, I was really prepared because I'd already had high level coaching. And then I got there. And I think the biggest thing that really helped me in my high school career was when I got there. Um, the coaches, uh, Chris Fricker, Brian Yakumchuk. Um, they really implemented not only the football side of things, but the, the mental side of things of, like, you know, if if you want to play football at a high level, you can't just show up every day and play football. You need to show up and have a mindset that you are that guy and you're going kick to the, kick the butt of the yeah. guy across you every single play. No mercy, nothing like that. And, you know, at the time, I'm like – we went through some really hard practices, and they, they push us to our limits. But, you know, I look back at it, and it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. So, you know, it's funny because um, yesterday with the Gray Cup, I, I had an event in Spruce Grove where we had uh, all the Cougars kids, the the, the minor football yeah. team out there. They all came out and, you know, got to see the Cup and get some pictures and stuff like that. And you know it's so special to me because the community has been so amazing to me and and it's like i I really hope that those kids get to see me having a cup, and you know Mark Cordy, who's also yes. another Spruce Grove guy playing for the Elks right now out there like and I just really hope it inspires them to be like, "I know you're from a smaller community than say Edmonton, but you can really do it if you put your mind to it, and it's just all it really comes down, and it's such a simple thing is hard work and pushing yourself further than the person beside you. So, mm-hmm. um, it's been absolutely amazing. And like I said, I'm very thankful for the people who are around me and supported me in my minor football career.
0: Well said, uh, Justin Lawrence with us in the sports 1440 studios. So after minor football and then in uh, high school in spruce school, you were recruited to go to several universities, but you stayed close. You went to U of A. Was it an easy decision? And how much did Coach Chris Morris have to do with that call?
1: It's. Uh, I would love to say it was definitely at the time. I knew my heart was at the U of A. And Chris Morris coming in was definitely a determining factor because uh, I had visited a bunch of schools. And it's funny, Eddie was in here because one of the schools that I really liked and I still have an appreciation for it was Manitoba. I went out there. Brian Dobie. Brian Dobie. Yeah. Amazing guy. Great facilities out there. Um, You know, but the thing is, once Chris took over, and I seen how he was, and I was a local guy, so I would go and I would do their winter workouts with them, and I'm telling you, I was uh, was one of those kids, I I just appreciated the grind of football, so I went out to one of the winter workouts, and I remember they were, um, it was one of their super hard run days, and I showed up, I'm this high school kid, and I'm absolutely getting (laughs) bagged out there, Um, and I went through it, and we're going into the gym right after, and we're doing max squats, and... What I slowly realized, like looking back at it now, was it was Chris's way of waving out the kids who really didn't want to be there. He was pushing mm-hmm. us to, he was pushing those kids to their limit to see, you know, are you able to withstand this, and are you buying into the program and everything that we're gonna do? And for me as a kid, I, I appreciated that. It was mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. So when I finally made my decision, um, my heart was there the whole time, and Chris being there was definitely a determining factor. Tim Prinson. Um, yes. still one of my best friends who I talk to all the time was O line coach there. Um, for an no offensive lineman going into a program I'm like that, it was you know, I'm like, am I ever gonna get any
0: better coaching than this? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I mean, Tim Princeton, he's just salt of the earth. Great, he talks about fishing all the time, <laughs> loves fishing, <laughs> just a great guy. And yeah, so he was, would he, would you call him kind of a mentor to you as well? Absolutely, yeah. I would say both
1: those guys are yeah. mentors to me. Um, Like I said, those first two years, especially at the U of A, and I had some great coaching at the University of Alberta. Mm -hmm. But those first two years, like Tim Brinson was the main O-line coach, and honestly, Chris Morris spent most of his time with the O-line because obviously that was his passion, right? Um, So we were super fortunate because we were, were again, two CFL legends coaching us in your first couple of years of yeah. university. Like, how many people really get that? So I looked up to those guys, and, you know, I, I just talked about my minor football career and the mindset that I kind of got going through high school. Mm-hmm. And those guys were the exact same way. You know, they they had great reputations in the CFL of being, being physical players, and they definitely pushed that onto us, and, you know, they got some great products out of that. So, um, mm-hmm. And I had some other coaches along the way. Terrace Palawada was also a guy who had a couple of CFL camps when Tim Princeton left, so... Um, Like you said, very fortunate, man. I got some great coaching (laughs) out there.
0: Uh, Montreal Alouettes offensive lineman and Grey Cup champion, uh, Justin Lawrence with us in the Sports 1440 studios. Do you still keep in touch with a lot of guys off those Bears teams? Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, It was funny. I had the Grey Cup yesterday, and my fiance, she's a teacher. (laughs) So, you know, I had a little bit of spare time yesterday with the Cubs, so I decided to go out to downtown Edmonton with uh, the Grey Cup to uh, Craft Brewery. Um, So I was out there, and, you know, the funny thing about it is a lot of those Bears guys, I played with a lot of them became teachers so I was out there I got to have all my good buddies that I played with and they got to drink out of the cup and you know I get some pictures with it and you know that's the part I love I I know I tell them is you know those guys were all a big part of my life and it's like if one of us is winning we're all winning
0: it's funny how again you don't players always say they don't necessarily miss the game when they leave it but they'll miss the the guys no doubt about
1: it and that's I, I can speak to that like I love the game of football But by far, my favorite part every single year is getting to know each of those guys Mm -hmm. in the locker room because and I was talking to Eddie a little bit about, you know, I think that's really why we became such a great team this year Mm -hmm. um, in Montreal was uh, Coach Moss really pushed us getting really close with each other, getting to know guys outside of your position group. And by far, man, like you, you meet some amazing people um in this game and honestly still to this day every single person who's gonna be in my groomsmen party when I get married <laughs> one day is gonna be a guy that I played football with. So oh, very fortunate for this
0: game. So cool. Uh three time Great Cup champion Justin Lawrence with us on Sports Fourteen Forty. So when you got to Calgary that was you know it was a feeling out process for you. That's the start of your CFL journey. Um what was that like that transition from university to your first pro experience? It,
1: it, for me it was massive honestly um, that transition from high school to university, don't get me wrong, it was a big step, but I felt like I'd naturally like, fit into that jump, and I kind of caught my stride right away. But going from university to the pro football, that first training camp, I'll never forget. Honestly, yeah. I talk about it all the time with people around me. But what a learning curve. The speed of the game, the the mental process... And just being able to handle the level of coaching and the difficulty of playbooks and stuff like that, it was such a massive jump for me. You know, I, uh, you know, I remember going through my first training camp and um, still very close with the O-line coach, and he's now uh, um, assistant head coach, um, Pat Delmonico. Okay. Or, um, and he was, I remember I was, you know, really struggling with the playbook at the time. And he would, I'd mess up and he'd be like, no, get back in there. Um, he's like, I smell blood in the water. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's just like, it's good for you to go through that struggle and for you to kind of figure it out on your own. So I'm um, very grateful for that too. But I'm telling you, it was uh, th- that first year especially, yeah. man, what, what a learning curve. And probably the one of the best things that happened to me was I started the first games out on the the active roster and then we had a, one of our stars come back, and I got demoted to practice roster my first mm-hmm. year. And probably one of the best things that ever happened to me, honestly, and in hindsight, because I, I got to sit back now, watch as those starters and see what they did. And I also got to sit back and learn the playbook without the – the stress or the you know a little bit of pressure yeah the pressure of yeah. you know having to hop into a game in and yeah. at a minute's notice so okay. um yeah it's <laughs> that first year was an unbelievable time for me
0: so let's get to toronto now and i mean last year and just the experience so you win your win a great cup in calgary now you end up in toronto last year you you get the great cup in toronto so now you got two so first of all what was the experience in toronto like for you
1: it, it was great. Um, and, you know, for me, it was my first big step as an adult in general. I'd lived in Alberta my whole entire life. You know, I went to the U of A, so I lived at, yeah. <laughs> lived at with my parents my whole time in university. So I moved to Calgary. It wasn't super far, three hours away. Um, but it was time for me to, you know, get a fresh start. And so I moved out to Toronto. Um, Coach Dinwiddie gave me a great opportunity Uh, Corey Mace who was also um, the defense coordinator at the time at Toronto was also in Calgary so I had a good repertoire with a lot of those guys who moved over to Toronto Um, you know so I knew for me it was a great opportunity to earn a starting spot Um, new city new team fresh start and so for me I went out to Toronto and um, got used to the guys real quick we um, that was the year they were dealing with the CBA so we had a lot of free time I think we had about I think camp was delayed about a week before they negotiated the CBA that year. Yeah. So I remember just we we're, we're, we had a lot of free time, so we're doing player-round practices, um, and we're doing like just spending a lot of time with the guys. So I really got to know a lot of those guys, um, Darius Bladick and Phil Blake, guys who were spent the year. and wasn't it wasn't a very vet team of like guys who had been on Toronto for a long mm-hmm. time. But I you know I remember sitting in the we'd started to get through camp, and I remember sitting in our a little townhouse with those guys. And I was like, I was like, we had a lot of talent, man. And I was saying, I was like, guys, man, like if we can just piece this thing together and get it going, I was like, we can really do something this year. And, you know, sure enough, man, like we kind of reminds me of this year. We went through the trial and tribulations that year in 2022 and up and down. And I feel like we should have been performing better. But same thing, we ended up, I think, winning our last eight games besides the last game of the season, which Mm -hmm. was kind of a – you know, we're playing backups and getting people. It's playing time. Like we, we caught our stride and we were as hot as any team at the end of the year. Yeah. So for us to win in, you know, that being my first Grey Cup now as a starter, you know, <laughs> what a what an amazing feeling! And yeah, I had such an unbelievable year out there.
0: Was it tough for you to leave a Grey Cup champion and then go to Montreal? No doubt about it.
1: It it was super hard. And that was, like I said, I, I was ready for a fresh start when I was leaving Calgary. Um, I knew I needed to kind of do what was best for me as a player um, moving forward. But, you know, leaving that Toronto team was definitely hard because same thing, I, I built a lot of great relationships that year. Um, and, you know, coming off a great, t- great cup uh, win was definitely hard. But um, I have an amazing agent, and, you know, I really kind of lean on his advice and what he thinks would be best for me going forward. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, um, Coach Moss had reached out to me. I had a conversation with him, and then, like we said, we just talked about Tim Prince, and those two are very, very good friends. And um, any word that Tim Prince kind of puts out there, I, I, I kind of trust with all my heart. Yeah. So Tim was like, you know what, man, like you got to make the decision for yourself, but I can vouch for Coach Moss and be like, you know, this guy will give you his all. He's yeah. a straight shooter, um, and you know what you're going to get from him. And he's such a great guy, and he's passionate, and he loves just – Building a good chemistry, so I was like, you know what, let's uh, let's take the leap, let's go to Montreal this year, um, and let's see what we can do. And
0: <laughs> and just another another
1: great cup, that's all. Yeah, and it it is it's crazy in hindsight because I was going through the season and uh, we played Toronto three times during the regular season yeah. and got beat every single time. And I was like, man, did I, you know, maybe I messed up here. <laughs> and then same thing, I was telling Eddie there we we caught stride at the end of the year and. Man, and I really started to see the team come together and how special oh, of a chemistry
0: we really had that year. That's the neatest part, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back, talk about some stuff off the field and what you're doing, engage the whole bit. Uh, more, Much more with uh, Justin Lawrence, uh, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. A couple comments here from the text line, Duke. Brett from Stony goes, haven't heard any Skinner yet, Duke.
2: Well, Brett, we had... You got to get up pretty early yeah. in the morning to catch uh, yes. all of our music. We might
0: be able to get one more. S- I'm
2: sure we'll mix another yeah. one. Yeah, uh,
0: it's playlist Friday, feel good Friday, on Sports 1440. Kevin Carries along with Justin Lawrence, in studio, three time, three time Grey Cup. Champion, I guess that, that you don't get sick and tired of hearing that, huh? Never get sick of it. <laughs> oh man!
1: So you were saying you just you just got engaged? Yep, yep. Just got engaged during the very start of the off season,
0: and and she you went to high school with her?
1: Yep, yep. We uh, she's a year younger than me. We went to high school together. Um, I of course, knew each other back then, but um, later on in university, I think I was in my third or fourth year, uh, kind of rekindled things, yeah. and the rest is history. Oh,
0: Congrats! So you just sort of we're it, worrying about a date and stuff down the road here and enjoy, yeah. enjoying enjoying the courtship. I'm it, sure I'm, I can't believe Eddie didn't give you any tips here on the way out. I know i will have to come back on he can give me a couple of those if well, I need them, especially after Eddie's romantic weekend at JPL. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we'll be uh we'll be we'll be getting uh the goods from Eddie uh last week. So off the field, uh downtime, you know, you always hear Many CFL players are dabbling in things already, yep. and besides training, it's full-time job. Everyone knows that, but so what in, what interest do you have away from the football field in the offseason and things like that?
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I try to keep as busy as possible, you know, between, like, uh, like I said, dabbling, dipping your toes into a couple of things. Um, I work with my dad out in um, Nisku. He has a company called Tie Down Oil Field. Mm-hmm. Um, basically moving rig buildings and stuff like that out there. He's got a couple of bed trucks and uh-huh. a couple of winch tractors, they call them. If you don't know what those are, look them up. They're probably the coolest thing you'll ever see. And, I got so, a-
0: and you operate these? you, you do them all? Or nah, what you- I don't
1: operate them yet, but basically I'm yeah. like a swamper, so I go out and well, just cool. basically like hook the, the buildings up and stuff like that. So wow. maybe one day I will.
0: Well, but And again, so even though you went to U of A, you were saying that, like, this is where you want to kind of go down the road here.
1: Yep. Yeah, probably. That, you know, I'm still kind of exploring what I want to do. And like I said, I, I dabble in a couple of things. That's the main one, like, because I, I, you know, as a football player, you admire, like, other athletes and how hard they work for their craft. Mm-hmm. But you go out there and you work in the oil field and you got to respect the, the work those guys are doing because that is... Tough business, you're working with big buildings, 100,000 yeah. pounds, you know, it's crazy. But you know, I've dipped my toes in, I, I work for another, um, it's a non-profit called Be The Voice, where we go and do presentations with schools. Okay. So I love going and speaking with kids and doing presentations and you know, assemblies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you know, it's and also another big thing for me is coaching and, you know, I coach for the the University of Alberta, started a selects program, which mm-hmm. is basically a winter program for high school kids, a 14 year group as well where they get to be coached by guys like myself and Bears players themselves. Um, all throughout the off offseason, we go, and we had a tournament in Moose Jaw, and we just got back from Florida, down in Orlando, Florida, mm. in a tournament. So, um, yeah, like I said, just kind of dipping my toes into a couple little things and, you know, seeing what I like doing best. But I, I just like keeping busy and mm-hmm. finding stuff to try.
0: Uh, three time three-time great cup champion Justin Lawrence with us in the sports 1440 studios uh, as you mentioned working with the kids and speaking to the kids what do you get out of that when you do that
1: well you know I I think it's such a beneficial thing because what I do is I go into schools and um, the, the nice thing about it is completely free to schools really free to teachers they just want to bring guys like myself in or other athletes that are on board with the program we just come in and basically the schools be like you know we have a problem with so-and-so and and i'll go in and i'll now talk about it and then also talk about my experiences Mm -hmm. and the stuff that i went through um growing up as a kid you know like one of the big ones is bullying that everyone always sees it's kind of cool to go into a school and be like, you know, I'm a big sports player now, but when I was a little kid, I got bullied all the time. And, you know, it's kind of cool for those kids to, you know, hear from a guy like myself. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's hard to get something when a teacher's always saying it to you, but when you have an outside source coming in and talking to them, it's Mm -hmm. super beneficial. And, you know, I've built some great relationships with some of the kids that are out there and, you know, they reach out to me whenever they're you know struggling with something. And like I said, it's, I have the absolute blessing of playing professional football and living out my dreams, so it's like if I can help kids along the way it's it means a lot to me
0: mm-hmm. uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty question for you a little bit uh, from B Congrats on a great Cup victory last year. My son would have played against you in 2014 with AOB. Uh, do you remember playing against the Mwamba brothers? Of course, yeah, Johnny I, and Freddie. There you go. I thought for sure those guys would make it to the CFL. So yeah, yeah. So that's I, amazing. I, and it's funny we, we're just talking here. You remember stuff from and big historian too. Like we were, I brought up the names like Danny Kepley. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. So who were some of the guys when you were playing even at high school? And then, you know, I would say yeah, high school that you went and I I like this guy. I want to watch this guy or even CFL NFL. Who were some of your favorite players growing up?
1: Well, it, it's kind of funny. So when I like I said, I grew up watching the Edmonton Edmonton team, of course. So one of the guys and it was really cool. I got to play with this year and finally not against him. But Amando Sewell was a yeah. big one for me because I grew up watching them all the time and what an absolute monster on the field so <laughs> I was super happy this year I got to finally play with them and not mm-hmm. against them. um guys like that um as an offensive lineman Brett Jones was a big one so you know when I was going out of the whole draft process that was a guy I really looked up to because mm-hmm. he stepped into Calgary right away and was just such a dominant force in the CFL and the biggest thing wasn't the biggest guy um wasn't the most Um, physically gifted guy but what he did was he played with absolute physicality was a smart football player and executed his job very well so there's a couple guys along the way that I just really looked up to a lot of NFL guys that you know I I thought were super cool
0: so you just signed in January an extension to stay in Montreal how happy are you about that and how's your French (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, uh, very excited about the extension. Um, absolutely loved it out there. So when we, we started talking about an extension to go uh, add another year to my contract, um, I absolutely loved it because, you know, we have such good core guys and they re-signed everyone basically through 2025 at least. Um, that was a key part of last year's team. Um, so it was amazing to me. And, you know, for me, having that, you know, security being like, you know, they, they really like me as a player. And I have that mutual benefit of, you know, I love playing for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, is an amazing thing. As far as the French, <laughs> not so good. But my better half, my fiancé, she's uh, bilingual, so she handles the French side. Oh. <laughs>
0: do you ever get stuck? Like,
1: <laughs> Oh, I'm telling you. I, so I went to, uh, when I first moved downtown Montreal, it's not too bad because downtown pretty much everyone is bilingual down there. They speak French, they speak English, um, which is good, but I'll go to a new fast food place that I've never been to before and all the menus are in French. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I, I think it was, I'm trying to think, it was some kind of, um, it was a Mexican mix with something else, uh, fast food place. And I went in there, I couldn't understand the menu to save my life. <laughs> so I was just like, randomly ordered something on the menu i was just like you know what? how bad can it be i'm ve- not the opposite of a picky eater and i got this thing it was probably the, one of the worst meals i've ever had yeah. and so after that i downloaded a translation <laughs> app so i can <laughs> see what the heck i'm <laughs> ordering from now on
0: oh cool stuff uh justin lawrence with us in the sports 1440 studios a couple more for you what what do you do here in the next couple months uh, and when does training camp start for you
1: yeah, so I, I feel like I've been kind of busy the last couple of months, like you said, with coaching and kind of being around. So the next little bit um, is honestly just kind of kind of being getting ready for the season. Now, you know, we're two months out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really getting down to the, the core part of the training, getting back to football stuff um, and just making sure I'm ready because, like you said, the minute training camp comes around, the, the season's full-fledged. And as everyone knows, training camp's probably the most um, strenuous part of the whole season. So, yeah, man, at this point, it's just... Keep doing my thing, like I said. I'll probably focus more on doing my my school presentation. I'm still going to be working with my dad um, out in the SQ there, but like you said, just getting ready for this season because it's coming quick. It's, <laughs> yeah. it, is,
0: it just sneaks up on you, doesn't it? It
1: really does. Honestly, you it's, know, you start the off season, it's like oh, I got so much time, <laughs> and now we're here. I'm like, holy crap, it's right around the corner. What do you do for training, and, and where do you do it here in the next little bit? So I train out. Um, I actually started building a home gym back pre COVID, actually. Uh, which worked out perfect when COVID did hit so um, I have my little gym out there that I've just been training at um, five days a week and like I said it's great and then if I ever need to go in I can always go in with the Bears get a couple runs yeah. that's the nice thing about it
0: but it's good to be back he gets family and, and everything and then so supportive what about that support that's helped you to get to where you are
1: Absolutely, and that's that might be the best part of the whole offseason because it's like I'm I'm gone for six months mm-hmm. and I get to see, you know, basically my family sparingly as they come out for games and stuff like that, or when I come home for bye weeks. But coming home, spending time with them is absolutely amazing. And that's kind of what I look forward to the most. Um, well,
0: and who knows, after after your football playing career, maybe you can get into broadcasting. Hey, I would love that. Uh, Keep me around. I just man. said, you you know, you could be the next Chris Walby. Who hey, knows? Hey, there we go. I There's love another guy. Yeah. Yep, you yep. probably watched him. Well, yep. he's been out for a long time, but yep. he was one of the best, uh, you know, analysts going for he was, a long time. And had a great football career, oh, too. Oh, man. Great football yeah, career, Yeah, Bluto, too. was he? Yeah, He's a yeah. big guy, too. Yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah. it. Oh, you know,
1: see A good, big guy <laughs>
0: talking to well, yeah. I mean, you got uh, uh, what's Duke? What's the guy on the panel for Fox now? Sorry, on Prime on Thursdays, with Whit, Whit, uh, Whitworth, Whitworth. yeah. Whitworth, oh, yeah, yeah yep. the former uh, Ram, yeah. yeah. You
1: want to hear good stories, you talk to an offensive lineman. I'm telling you, well, yeah. we, we're
0: probably some of the more interesting
1: people you'll ever meet.
0: <laughs> I still, I, I honestly, when I first got here, and one of the, the first memories I have of the then Eskimos locker room, yeah. after a game. the the old line with the keg and it doesn't happen anymore. So it was guys like Chris Morris and Bruce Beaton and all those guys had... had, And if anyone like a, a DB or someone else thought that they could come in and get a beer think about it again <laughs> you're not even getting close to that keg and and all the old linemen said no we're not doing any, any interviews we're having a beer here yeah. after the game and that's the way it is yeah so get away and that's 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 how it was in, in the back in the day there so
1: well you, you know you, you spend you spend the whole year with five guys yeah. who aren't playing for any reason other than to protect other people you know everyone else like you got to work as a unit don't get mm-hmm. me wrong but you can get sacks you can get picks you can get receiving yards you can get running yards we're just out there to protect people. So, you know, we've become super close, and I'm telling you, yeah. you have to become close because um, you could be, if four guys are close and one of the guys isn't, that whole offensive line unit isn't going to work. So that's funny hearing that story. That's actually that's amazing. That's a good one, work. yeah.
0: Justin, can't thank you enough for coming in. Really appreciate it. you got two rings on your right hand now, waiting for the third one. Absolutely. You're going to have to get some more fingers, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on. That's Justin Lawrence, uh, O-lineman for Montreal Alouettes, of three-time grey cup champion when we come back we've got Kevin Radomski in studio, Edmonton Oil Kings getting ready for a big game tomorrow night we'll tell you all about it, before that here is the
2: Duke with your ski report
0: the Sports 1440
2: Ski Report. Your Ski Report for Friday, March 1st, brought to you by the Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. If there's one weekend to go out skiing this winter, this might be it. Major snowfall in all BC and Alberta resorts have created great conditions wherever you go. At Marmot Basin, the new knob quad chair is open along with the entire mountain, and they received another 10 centimeters overnight in 78 in the last five days. Down in Banff, Sunshine Village, 18 centimeters in the last day, while Norquay has gotten 24, Lake Louise 19. Nakiska, 20 centimeters in the last 24 hours, and Castle Mountain down in southern Alberta has piled up 110 centimeters in the last week with another 17 overnight. Taking Horse and Rebel Soak also both in the Century Club for the week with over 100 centimetres in the past seven days, 15 centimetres fresh over the last 24 hours. Fernie and Kimberly each with 12 centimetres in the last day, while Panorama getting 18. Locally, all hills are open with soft conditions, but temperatures continuing on the cool side throughout the weekend might be a good weekend to check out the cross-country trails in and around the city as the conditions should be great. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report.
0: Oh, all right. Welcome back to the uh, big program. That song is quite appropriate for our next guest. And our game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge, which is technically tomorrow, but St. Albert Dodge. Over 300 new Dodge Ram and Jeeps are available. 0% for up to 72 months on select models and 0% also available on all, all the Ram 1500s only at St. Albert Dodge. Check them out. StalbertDodge.com as we welcome in Kevin Rodomsky, Edmonton Oil Kings Director of Business Opera operations back to the program and I think maybe by that song maybe <laughs> so, some of our listeners can kind of put yeah. two and two together and figure out tomorrow night is a uh... Ghostbusters night, Ghostbusters game. Tell us all about it.
3: Well, first off, great job, Duke, and, and <laughs> grabbing the classic, right? I, I think that Ray Parker only gets a lot of royalty like two weeks before Halloween. Oh, really? yeah. Every time you play that song outside of Halloween, like a bell rings somewhere. But yeah, tomorrow night at Roger's Place, we're going to have the Alberta Ghostbusters. For those who don't know, there's this whole group throughout the entire province that love the Ghostbusters. And they get dressed up in all the regalia, the proton packs yeah. and everything. And they're going to be at our game. Game tomorrow night at Rogers place. So all you gotta do is come down the ultimate selfie. I'm telling you right now yeah. for all those people that are listening that want that cool photo for the Instagram or the whatever, it's all going to happen tomorrow night at Rogers place doors open at six, Puck drops at seven. We're going to have 15 members in full gear, and there is a dancing toaster. Like, I'm not really the biggest Ghostbuster aficionado, (laughs) but I can tell you there's going to be a dancing toaster. I can tell you that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is going to make a visit, as well as a whole bunch of men and women in really one-of-a-kind gear, and it's going to be a ton of fun.
0: So I think, and I can't say this for sure, (laughs) but I think most of the kids, they gravitate, Towards the stay puffed marshmallow
3: guy. Why not? Yeah. Right? Like it's 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 classic, first off. Like first off, who doesn't like marshmallows, yeah. right? Let's start there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's actually a brand new Ghostbusters movie coming out. And what's really great is that when we do these promotional nights, sometimes they line up really well and it looks like we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we planned this night before they, they uh released the, the the new movie for Ghostbusters, so it just looks like we're horribly ahead of the curve. But I'll tell your listeners that we just got lucky. Yeah, but it's gonna be a ton of fun. There's only four home. Games left for nice. the Edmonton Oil Kings this year at Rogers Place, and it's it's crazy to think it's March first. We have a game uh, this Saturday, March the second, at Rogers Place. We have a game on the fifteenth of March, the Friday the fifteenth, Sunday the seventeenth, and then we're all done on March twenty fourth. It's crazy season, how quickly the yeah. season
0: has went. It just goes fast, doesn't it? So for tomorrow night's game, also kind of a special promotion along. With sports fourteen forty.
3: Yeah, so what's gonna happen right now if you go online to oilkings.ca, we have you guys seated in section one twenty two. Anyone that buys a ticket in one twenty two is gonna have an enter is gonna be entered automatically into a, a draw where you can come into our dressing room. I will personally lead you into our dressing mm-hmm. room and you'll get an intermission look behind the scenes. And then once the team hits the ice for the third period, we'll bring uh, the, the lucky people into our dressing room. And I'm fortunate enough, I'm old enough, yeah. that I can compare the current dressing room that we have, which is state-of-the-art, <laughs> and we're so proud, to what we had at Rexall Place, Northlands Coliseum, call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And to say that the differences are stark would be a very, very big understatement.
0: You know, I I can tell this to the listeners. I'm fortunate enough to to get to skate in the Oilers alumni. You bet. uh, Twice a month. Yep. The Oilers alumni dresses in the WHL Visitor's Dressing Room. Now, the WHL Visitor's (laughs) Dressing Room is
3: probably nicer
0: than a few NHL Home dressing rooms.
3: So, do we have time for a story? Yes, sure So, when we opened up the building, September twenty fourth, twenty sixteen, we opened up the building. The Edmonton Oil Kings were the very first game to ever play at Rogers place. So we, we took on the red deer rebels. Mm-hmm. Okay. So red deer rebels at the time, uh, the head coach, he's still the, he's still the man with power. He's no longer the head yep. coach, but the owner, Brent the Sutter. governor, the president, everything is Brent Sutter. Mm-hmm. So Brent Sutter comes in and very first team to ever come in. He comes into his dressing room and he looks around, <laughs> I'm censoring it cause I know that we're on air, but he looks around he's like underwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at him. I'm being like, what? And he's like, he goes, I'm, he goes, I'm like, this is all you got. I said, Brent, this is where your guys like take their their street clothes off. Your dressing rooms around the corner, and you know when you step in it with both feet, and you're like, oh boy, yeah. he couldn't he couldn't undo his face. Mm-hmm. When well, I showed him his dressing room, he his away. his
0: own yes. little room, the coach's little room. Yes, yeah. yeah.
3: And so it was so funny. He went from being totally underwhelmed to being completely overwhelmed. Yeah. But to your point, it's it's nicer than a lot of NHL buildings give their home teams. Yes, and that's for the opponent in the WHL. So we're we're very blessed to be playing other Rogers plays. Let me tell you.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kevin Rodomski, uh, oil Kings director of business operations, our guest in the sports 1440 uh, studios. So the promotion tomorrow, it's a long list of the, what you had this year, kind of run us down, give us a general overview. And you know, here's the the funny thing now, Rad man, I've been watching blue Jays baseball for okay. the spring training games. You bet. And I've been watching all their promos for all the stuff that they do. And it's amazing. The Jays do a great job of we're doing this, this night, this, that, that that night. You guys are the same thing. And that's how you have to... Pull the fans in, I guess.
3: Yeah, you know, if all we ever did was hockey, uh, I would tell you that there would be tremendous hockey on the ice. There mm-hmm. always is. But it's all about the sizzle. It's all about what can you add to tremendous hockey. So this year, we did things for the very first time. We had an Elvis night in January. We had Love Pro Wrestling down where we actually had live wrestling happening. And I can tell you, of our four remaining home games, we have themes for every one of them. So, of mm-hmm. course, this Saturday night, Ghostbusters night that we've already talked about. Next Friday, when we play the Calgary Hitmen, we're going to be wearing a military jersey with all the proceeds going to Valor Place. And for those who don't know, Valor Place is a gem here at Edmonton where wounded uh, members of the military, RCMP, Mm -hmm. can get treatment and be with their family. And then on Sunday, the 17th of March, we're actually doing our fan appreciation. We have tons and tons of giveaways. And it's going to be highlighted by Trey fix Wolanski, uh, former M. Doyle King captain, Columbus Blue Jackets prospect, current uh, member of the uh, Cleveland, the Cleveland uh, Monsters, yeah. Monsters. Yep, And we have him as our bobblehead. Oh. And uh, I'll give this drop to your fans. We're going to announce this next week. We actually worked with the Cleveland Monsters. They did a bobblehead night as well of Trey Fix Wolanski. Coincidentally, they sent us some of his bobbleheads from Cleveland. Oh, boy. And we sent them some of our bobbleheads. So people are going to be able to scratch and win next Sunday to get either a Trey Fix Wolanski bobblehead Oil King or a limited edition (laughs) Cleveland Monsters bobblehead directly from Cleveland.
0: This is not a dig to Trey uh, (laughs) because he's a great player. But if there's a guy that... Needs or should have a bobblehead. Yeah.
3: It's him, and it's a great pose too. Yeah. So like Trey, Trey was uh, very big on personality. Yes. Right, and just such a great guy, ear to ear yeah. smile all the time. And the pose shorter, used, shorter yep. stature, little wider, thicker, great base to him. Yeah, and a b- bit of a bigger head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> he can hammer a golf ball. Yes. Let me tell you, he actually golfed in our alumni golf tournament in August. I was at the Lynx in Spruce mm-hmm. Grove hammers the ball. Yeah. But to your point, it's it's uh, a very cool pose. He's doing the archer's pose after he scored. Oh We've never done a bobblehead like that. And we're so thrilled. when it turned out, it actually looks like him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you make bobbleheads, they're like, meh. But this one looks really good. good. And that's on Sunday the 17th second year in
0: a row that you guys will lead the league in attendance?
3: We're not done yet, but I can tell you right now, uh, yes, we are leading the league in attendance by a large margin. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've actually done, we've doubled our wins from last year with many games to go yet. So last year, we finished four wins at home, six wins on the road, a a whopping total of 10, and we led the WHL in attendance at Mm 201,000. I can tell you that right now, We're at 200,000, four home games to go, and we've got 21 wins on the season. So this has already been a very much improved team. President General Manager Kurt Hill has bolstered our team. We've got a lot of great young talent, and we've also got some guys that are coming into their own as well. It's always a
0: cyclical uh, thing that happens in the WHL. That's just the way it is, how teams build and then accrue draft picks when, when they have to let go some older players. And then... Send those draft picks out and bring in the other players. So, um, how does that work for you on the business end of things when you see teams having to do this? And in particular, obviously, the Oil Kings.
3: Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's a challenge. It's a yeah. challenge when we're we're constantly trading and tw- tweaking our team to making sure that we have the right chemistry. And, and I thought uh, I thought there was no chance that uh, our defenseman Mark Lajoie from uh, mm-hmm. Saint Albert, six foot six, two twenty guys, huge on the yeah. back end. I didn't think he was going to be here after the trade deadline. I just, I knew that our president, Kurt Hill, was getting a ton of phone calls on him because he's a great player. Yes. But to Kurt's point, he says, I still need players that can show the way. Yeah. And Mark is such a leader on our team and we're, we're lucky to have him. It's his last year. For those who don't know, the WHL, we're only allowed to keep three 20-year-olds. Yeah. We can only have two Europeans. So every year you, you have, you know, when you're going to say goodbye. And so this is going to be Mark Lajoie's last year in uh, the WHL. And he's just, you know, his, his dad. Yep, the former Yeah, Serge Lajoie, our, uh, our assistant coach. The Lajoie family, his mom Kelly is great. Like, everyone's great. Sister
0: plays on the pandas.
3: 100%. Yeah. They are so staunch in the Edmonton sports scene. And we're lucky that I get to work with Serge every day. I get to see Mark and his million-dollar smile every <laughs> morning. And we also know that uh, his career will be done in the Western Hockey League because he's 20 years old.
0: Mm-hmm never uh asked you about how the uh, love pro wrestling event went
3: <laughs> it was awesome yeah so it's so funny where when when people heard about cuz other other teams have have tried to do wrestling but no one's ever done it In the middle of the of the actual game, right? So Spencer Love and Love Pro Wrestling, they had uh, five matches. There was championships that were decided, and right when you walked into Roger's place, we already had the ring set up, so you didn't have to wait after the game. And hey, like I had young kids at one point. My kids are no longer young, but like you come for a hockey game, you 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 got your game, and then if you were told stick around for forty five minutes while we're building the ring, and then we'll do some matches. A lot of people aren't going to be able to do that. So we actually built the ring right beside the Zamboni tunnel, and there was guys and girls flying left and right. It -hmm. was so much fun. We can't wait to do it again next year. It was a ton of fun.
0: Uh, Quick uh, text coming in. I want to send This is from the Big Easy. I want to send a shout-out to Evan Rutledge, who is my season ticket account manager. Unbelievable to deal with.
3: Look at that. (laughs) I guess I'm going to have to buy him a coffee (laughs) now. But no, (laughs) Honestly, we are so lucky and so Mm -hmm. blessed that the season seat holders that we have that support junior hockey, they get it we won four games at home last year and we still had a very great renewal season Evan does a great job he knows our season seat holders actually after the game on Saturday night our, our club season seat holders are going to come down onto the ice take a photo with our players mm-hmm. junior hockey lets you do those things where you know you get to see the players you get to watch them grow and develop as men on and off the ice and our season seat holders are along the ride for for the ride as well and it's a ton of fun
0: mm-hmm. uh quickly rad man just tomorrow our yeah. listeners how do they get- into the Sports 1440 section.
3: So there you go. Everything's all at oilkings.ca one-stop shop. Tickets start at $20. So if you've never been to an Oil Kings game, that's first well, off, I don't know what you're waiting for. That's well but worth it. Go to oilkings.ca. Tickets are $20. Kids food combos starting at $7.50. Eight different kids food combos. Doors on Saturday tomorrow open at 6 Puck drops at seven. Ghostbusters night, you don't want to miss it.
0: man, thanks for this, bud. Thanks, thanks for Thanks for having me. All right, that's a Kevin Rodomsky, Oil Kings Director of Business Operations. Enter Game of the Day, which is tomorrow night at Rogers Place. Our Game of the Day brought to you, as always, by the great folks at St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google Review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge, see how easy it is to do business with the great people. Up there, check out Brad McCrory's hockey page on HockeyDB while you're at it. We're back at the top of the hour with Eric Dachachuk from The Athletic and Jeff Baker from the Seattle Times. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by the Snow Valley Ski Club. All runs and lifts are open and ready for family fun seven days a week. Just visit snowvalley.ca for all the details. Here is the Duke.